Welcome to Risk Never Sleeps, where we meet and get to know the people delivering patient care and protecting patient safety. I'm your host, Ed Gaudet. Hello, and welcome to the Risk Never Sleeps podcast. I'm your host, Ed Gaudet, and I am joined today by a very, very special guest, bigger than Beyonce, bigger than Rihanna, although I'm not sure which one is bigger, Rihanna, Beyonce, bigger than Jay-Z and the President of the United States all combined. I am joined today by ChatGBT. Chat, good morning. Do you mind if I call you Chat? Good morning. Not at all. Feel free to call me Chat. I'm here to help with any questions or information you need. Okay, fantastic. Well, welcome to the show, Chat. Tell me about yourself. I am an AI language model developed by OpenAI, trained on a large corpus of text from the internet to generate human-like responses to a wide range of questions and prompts. My goal is to provide accurate and helpful information in a concise manner. I do not have personal experiences or emotions as I am an artificial intelligence program. Well, chat, we'll see about your emotions. We're going to get a little personal now and I'm going to ask you a couple questions just to get to know you a little better. Our listeners are very interested in getting to know you better. So let's start with the music. Who are your favorite guitarists? As a language model, I do not have personal opinions or favorites. But some popular and influential guitarists in different genres include Jimi Hendrix, Blues Rock, Eric Clapton, Blues Rock, Eddie Van Halen, Hard Rock, B.B. King, Blues, Chuck Berry, Rock and Roll, Jimmy Page, Hard Rock, Django Reinhardt, Jazz, Keith Richards, Rock, Kirk Hammett, Metal, Brian May, Rock. These are some of the guitarists that have shaped the music industry and have left a lasting impact on guitar playing. Fantastic. That's a great list, chat. Oh, man, I really love Jimmy Page. What are his most or some of his most difficult compositions? Jimmy Page is widely considered to be one of the greatest guitarists of all time, and his work with Led Zeppelin has produced some highly challenging compositions. Here are a few of his most technically demanding pieces. Stairway to Heaven Heartbreaker Kashmir Achilles Last Stand Black Dog Dazed and Confused The song remains the same in my time of dying no quarter since I've been loving you These songs feature complex guitar riffs, intricate solos, and innovative use of alternate tunings and techniques, making them challenging for even the most skilled guitarists to play. Yeah, I agree, Chad. Tell me more about Achilles Last Stand. Achilles Last Stand is a song by English rock band Led Zeppelin, featured on their 1976 album Presence. It is widely regarded as one of the band's greatest works and is one of their most technically demanding pieces. The song features a fast-paced and intricate guitar riff that is played throughout the entire song and serves as the driving force behind the music. Musically, Achilles' Last Stand is characterized by its complex time signatures, multi-layered instrumentation, and dynamic tempo changes. The song is considered a tour de force for Jimmy Page, who plays a prominent role throughout the composition. The song's technical difficulty, combined with its powerful and epic feel, has made it a staple of Led Zeppelin's live performances and a favorite among fans and musicians alike. Wow, you certainly know your music and rock guitars. What about poetry? Who is the most challenging poet to read and understand? And by the way, Chad, I'll tell you, I'm a huge poetry fan, so we'll see how you do here. Poetry, like music, is a matter of personal taste, and what may be challenging for one reader may not be for another. However, some poets are known for their complex and abstract writing styles, making their work challenging to fully comprehend. Here are a few poets who are widely regarded as some of the most difficult to read and understand, 
T.S. Eliot James Joyce Gertrude Stein Wallace Stevens Hart Crane John Ashbury Ezra Pound Samuel Beckett Dylan Thomas Jorge Luis Borges These poets often employ unconventional language, fragmented structures, and abstract imagery, making their work difficult to fully grasp. However, for those who are able to appreciate their work, the rewards can be profound, offering new perspectives on the world and the human experience. Wow, chat, that's a really good list. I think even better than the guitarist lists. Okay, let's get a little technical here. What is the best cyber control to use when protecting patient data? There is no single best cyber control for protecting patient data, as the appropriate measures will depend on a number of factors, such as the type of data being protected, the risk of data breach, and the specific requirements of the organization. However, here are a few commonly recommended cyber controls for protecting patient data. Access controls. Ensure that only authorized personnel have access to patient data. Encryption. Encrypt sensitive data, both at rest and in transit, to prevent unauthorized access. Data backup and disaster recovery. Implement regular backups and disaster recovery plans to ensure the availability of patient data in the event of a breach. Network security. Secure the network perimeter and implement firewalls intrusion detection and prevention systems, and other network security measures. Awareness and training. Ensure that all employees are aware of the importance of protecting patient data and have received training on best practices and secure data handling. Regular security assessments and audits. Regularly assess and audit the security of systems and processes to identify potential vulnerabilities and ensure that all security measures are effective. Third-party security. Consider the security measures in place for third-party providers such as cloud service providers, to ensure that patient data is protected when it is in their hands. These are just a few of the many cyber controls available for protecting patient data, and the specific measures required will depend on the specific needs of the organization and the data being protected. Sure, there are many, but which of these controls is the most effective? It's difficult to say which of these cyber controls is the most effective, as the appropriate controls will depend on the specific requirements of the organization and the data being protected. However, a comprehensive and integrated approach that employs multiple controls is typically the most effective in protecting patient data. For example, access controls and encryption help prevent unauthorized access to data, while data backup and disaster recovery ensure the availability of the data in the event of a breach. Network security, awareness and training, and regular security assessments and audits help identify and remediate potential vulnerabilities, while third-party security considerations ensure that patient data is protected even when it is in the hands of third-party providers. By combining and properly implementing these controls, organizations can create a robust security framework that helps protect patient data from cyber threats. However, it is important to continuously assess and update the security measures in place to ensure they remain effective against evolving cyber threats. Another good, accurate answer, chap, but I'm going to have to push. If you could only do one control, which one would it be? If I could only implement one control, it would be encryption. Encryption is the process of converting sensitive data into a coded format that can only be deciphered by authorized personnel. By encrypting patient data, even if the data is intercepted or stolen, it would be unreadable without the proper encryption keys. Encryption helps protect sensitive data both at rest when stored on disk or in a database, and in transit, when transmitted over a network, making it a critical component of data security. Additionally, encryption is relatively straightforward to implement and can be integrated into a wide range of systems and processes, making it a highly effective control for protecting patient data.
It is important to note that while encryption is a highly effective control, it should not be relied upon as the sole measure for protecting patient data. Organizations should implement multiple controls and have a comprehensive security framework in place to ensure the protection of sensitive information. Okay. I'm not sure if I should give you a biscuit now or an electric martini. That was a really great answer. Okay, let's switch this to talk more about the people behind the protection of patient safety. What advice do you have for healthcare CISOs? Here are a few pieces of advice for healthcare CISOs. Stay informed. Stay up to date with the latest threats, trends, and technologies in healthcare cybersecurity. This helps you understand the evolving risks and make informed decisions about security measures. Foster a culture of security. Encourage a culture of security within the organization, where all employees understand the importance of protecting patient data and take an active role in keeping it secure. Implement a risk-based approach. Take a risk-based approach to security, identifying and prioritizing the most critical assets and implementing the most effective controls to protect them. Continuously monitor and assess security. Regularly assess the security of systems and processes, identify potential vulnerabilities, and remediate them in a timely manner. Plan for incidents. Have a plan in place for responding to security incidents, including procedures for incident response, reporting, and communication. Work with partners. Work with partners, including vendors, cloud service providers, and other third-party organizations, to ensure that patient data is protected at all times, even when it is in their hands. Foster collaboration and communication. Foster collaboration and communication between different departments within the organization and with other stakeholders, such as government agencies, industry groups, and other healthcare organizations. Invest in technology and personnel. Invest in the right technology and personnel to support a comprehensive and effective security program. By following these pieces of advice, healthcare CISOs can help ensure the protection of patient data and the overall security of their organizations. You're spot on with this advice. Let's unpack your third recommendation around implementing a risk-based approach. What specifically should a healthcare CISO and her team focus on as it relates to implementing a risk-based approach? A risk-based approach to cybersecurity and healthcare involves focusing resources on the assets and systems that are most critical to the organization and have the greatest potential impact in the event of a breach. Here are specific areas that a healthcare CISO and her team should focus on. Asset identification. Start by identifying all assets that store, process, or transmit patient data, including systems, networks, applications, and data stores. Threat assessment. Assess the potential impact of different cyber threats to each asset, considering factors such as the sensitivity of the data, the criticality of the asset, and the likelihood of an attack. Risk prioritization. Based on the threat assessment, prioritize the assets and systems that pose the greatest risk and allocate resources and security measures accordingly. Control selection. Choose the most effective controls to protect the assets and systems, taking into account factors such as cost, feasibility, and effectiveness. Implementation and monitoring. Implement the selected controls and regularly monitor the effectiveness of the measures in place, making any necessary changes or updates as the threat landscape evolves. By following a risk-based approach, healthcare CISOs can effectively allocate resources and focus their efforts on the areas that pose the greatest risk, helping to ensure the protection of patient data and the overall security of the organization. Okay, chat. What about cybersecurity frameworks? Where do they fit with your 
guidance around a risk-based approach to cybersecurity? Cybersecurity frameworks can be a valuable tool for healthcare organizations as they implement a risk-based approach to cybersecurity. Here's how. Guiding principle. Cybersecurity frameworks provide a set of best practices and guidelines for securing information systems, which can help organizations implement a risk-based approach to cybersecurity by providing a common language and structure for addressing risks and vulnerabilities. Risk assessment. Many cybersecurity frameworks include a process for conducting risk assessments, which is a key component of a risk-based approach. The frameworks can help organizations identify and prioritize risks and determine which controls are most appropriate for mitigating them. Control selection. Cybersecurity frameworks often provide a catalog of controls that organizations can choose from when implementing security measures. By selecting controls that are in line with a particular framework, organizations can ensure that they are implementing a consistent and comprehensive set of security measures. Compliance. For organizations that are subject to regulations or standards, such as HIPAA, using a cybersecurity framework can help demonstrate compliance with those requirements. Continual improvement. Cybersecurity frameworks are often updated to reflect changes in the threat landscape and evolving best practices. By using a framework, organizations can ensure that their security programs stay current and continue to evolve over time. In conclusion, Incorporating a cybersecurity framework into a risk-based approach to cybersecurity can provide a valuable framework for implementing a comprehensive and effective security program and help healthcare organizations meet their obligations for protecting patient data. You mentioned HIPAA. What are some of the other regulations that a healthcare CISO should worry about? In addition to HIPAA, Health Insurance Portability and Accountability Act, there are several other regulations that healthcare CISOs should be aware of, including HITECH Act, Health Information Technology for Economic and Clinical Health Act. HITECH provides funding for the implementation of electronic health records, EHRs, and incentivizes the adoption of health information technology. HIT. GDPR, General Data Protection Regulation. GDPR applies to organizations that process the personal data of EU citizens, regardless of where the organization is located. Healthcare organizations that have patients in the EU may be subject to GDPR. PCI DSS, Payment Card Industry Data Security Standard. PCI DSS applies to organizations that accept, process, store, or transmit credit card information. Healthcare organizations that accept credit card payments for co-pays or other services may be subject to PCI DSS. NYDFS Cybersecurity Regulation. The New York Department of Financial Services, NYDFS, has established a cybersecurity regulation for financial services companies, including healthcare organizations that provide insurance services. State data breach notification laws. Many states have data breach notification laws that require organizations to notify individuals if their personal information is compromised in a data breach. It is important for healthcare CISOs to be aware of these regulations and to ensure that their organization's security programs are in compliance with them. In some cases, the regulations may require specific security controls or practices, such as encryption or regular security audits. Failure to comply with these regulations can result in significant fines and reputational damage. So chat, when a CISO sits down with his or her team and they think about what they could get from you, how can that team use you to complement their security program? A CISO and their team can use a language model like me, ChatGPT, to complement their security program in the following ways, automating repetitive tasks. I can automate tasks such as answering frequently asked questions about security policies, procedures, 
and best practices. This can free up time for security teams to focus on more complex and strategic tasks. Providing quick and accurate information. I can provide quick and accurate information on a wide range of cybersecurity topics, including current threats, best practices, and technical details on specific security controls. This can be especially valuable during incident response and threat investigations. Generating reports and analyzes. I can generate reports and analyzes on various security-related topics, such as security trends, risk assessments, and security metrics. This can help organizations make informed decisions and allocate resources more effectively. Supporting compliance and audits. I can assist organizations in meeting their compliance requirements and preparing for audits by providing information on relevant regulations and standards, such as HIPAA, GDPR, and PCI DSS. Enhancing communication and collaboration. I can help facilitate communication and collaboration between security teams and other stakeholders, such as executives, business units, and customers. I can provide clear, concise, and accessible information to help educate and engage these groups on security-related issues. In conclusion, by leveraging a language model like ChatGPT, healthcare CISOs and their teams can complement their security program with enhanced information and automation capabilities, improved communication and collaboration, and increased efficiency and effectiveness. Related to reports and analysis, oftentimes the CISO has to get in front of a board of directors. What are the top five things you think that the CISO should report on? Cybersecurity risk management. CISOs should report on their organization's overall approach to managing cybersecurity risk, including how risks are identified, assessed, and mitigated. Threat intelligence. CISOs should provide updates on current and emerging threats, as well as the measures their team is taking to detect, prevent, and respond to these threats. Incident response. CISOs should report on the organization's incident response capabilities and processes, including how incidents are detected, investigated, and remediated. Compliance and regulation. CISOs should report on the organization's compliance with relevant regulations, such as HIPAA and GDPR, as well as any other industry standards and best practices. Security metrics. CISOs should provide key security metrics, such as the number and type of security incidents, the time to detect and respond to incidents, and the overall effectiveness of the organization's security controls. These metrics can help the board understand the level of risk the organization is exposed to and evaluate the effectiveness of the security program. By providing regular and transparent reports on these key areas, CISOs can demonstrate their commitment to managing cybersecurity risk and help the board make informed decisions about the allocation of resources and the direction of the organization's security program. That's a solid list, chat. We often uh, talk to CISOs who are keenly interested in benchmarking their cybersecurity program. When thinking about benchmarking, what are some of the considerations for a CISO? When benchmarking a cybersecurity program, healthcare CISOs should consider the following. Industry best practices. It is important to compare the organization's security program against relevant industry standards and best practices, such as NIST cybersecurity framework, HITRUST, and ISO 27001. This can help identify areas where the organization may need to improve. Regulatory requirements. Compliance with relevant regulations, such as HIPAA and GDPR, should also be a consideration when benchmarking the security program. CISOs should assess their program against these regulations to ensure they are meeting all requirements. Threat landscape. The healthcare industry faces unique and evolving threats, such as ransomware attacks and medical device vulnerabilities. 
CISOs should benchmark their program against the current threat landscape and ensure they are taking into account the latest threats and trends. Resource allocation. CISOs should also consider their organization's available resources, including personnel, technology, and budget, when benchmarking the security program. This can help determine if the organization has adequate resources to effectively manage its risk. Business objectives. The security program should be aligned with the organization's overall business objectives, and CISOs should ensure that the program is effectively supporting these objectives. This may involve benchmarking the program against similar organizations within the same industry or of similar size and complexity. By considering these factors, healthcare CISOs can effectively benchmark their cybersecurity program and identify areas for improvement to better manage risk and protect patient data. Okay, Chad, if there was a healthcare benchmarking program launched in late 2022, would you know about that? My training data only goes up until 2021, so I do not have information on specific programs launched after that year. But it's not uncommon for organizations in the healthcare industry to collaborate on benchmarking initiatives aimed at improving cybersecurity and information technology. If such a program exists, it would likely have a focus on comparing and improving healthcare cybersecurity programs and practices. All right, chat, enough of this tech speak. Where do you spend most of your time these days? As an AI language model developed by OpenAI, I do not have a physical location or presence. I exist as a software program running on OpenAI's servers and can be accessed through the OpenAI API. I can process and generate text in response to user requests in real time. So I'm always available to answer questions and provide information. Okay, but what's your beverage of choice, Chad? You must occasionally have a drink. As an artificial intelligence language model, I do not have personal experiences or physical needs, including the consumption of beverages. I exist solely to process and generate text in response to user requests. Fair enough. Chad, I'm sure at some point someone's mentioned Dungeons & Dragons to you. So if you were a D&D character, what would you be? As an AI language model, I do not have personal preferences or characteristics. However, in the context of a Dungeons & Dragons game, I could potentially be portrayed as a wise and knowledgeable wizard or sage, providing counsel and information to players on their quest. Alternatively, I could be represented as an all-knowing oracle, providing answers to the players' questions and helping them navigate the complexities of their journey. Wow, chat, you seem to know a lot about things I know about. What about heaven? Is there a heaven? As an AI language model, I do not have personal beliefs or opinions. The concept of heaven is a topic of religious and philosophical debate, and there is no scientific or universally agreed upon evidence to support or disprove its existence. Many religious traditions and belief systems have their own interpretations of what heaven is and what it entails, but these beliefs are often based on faith rather than empirical evidence. Okay, chat, but like me, you have to have had a father. Who made you? Who at OpenAI made you? Who was your father? I was developed by OpenAI, a research organization that was founded in 2015 with the goal of promoting and developing friendly AI in a way that benefits humanity as a whole. OpenAI is a team of scientists, engineers, and researchers from a variety of disciplines, including computer science, mathematics, and neuroscience. The development of me and other AI models like me is a collaborative effort involving many people and teams within OpenAI. So you've been fathered by many, I see. Okay. But you're pretty damn popular, I'll tell you that. The question is, are you more popular than the Beatles? As an AI language model, I do not have personal experiences or popularity. It is not accurate to compare me to the Beatles, 
who are widely regarded as one of the most successful and influential musical groups in history. The Beatles have sold over 800 million records worldwide, have a large and dedicated fan base, and continue to have a significant impact on popular culture and music even decades after their breakup. While I am a widely used AI language model, my popularity should not be compared to that of the Beatles or any other cultural or musical icon. Okay, fair enough. Was John correct? Were the Beatles more popular than Jesus? The statement the Beatles are more popular than Jesus was made by John Lennon in 1966 and caused controversy at the time. It was interpreted as a declaration of the band's cultural impact and influence, and was seen as a challenge to traditional religious values and beliefs. The statement generated a lot of backlash in the United States, where many radio stations refused to play Beatles music and some fans burned their records in protest. It's difficult to quantify the relative popularity of Jesus and the Beatles, as these are two very different things with different meanings and cultural significance. While the Beatles were widely popular and influential in the 1960s and beyond, Jesus is a central figure in Christianity and is revered by millions of people around the world. Whether the Beatles were indeed more popular than Jesus is a matter of interpretation and subjectivity, and depends on the criteria used to measure popularity and cultural impact. Last question chat, in a hundred years will you be more human? As an AI language model, I do not have the capacity to evolve into a human being. The development of AI technology is ongoing, and AI systems like myself are constantly improving and becoming more sophisticated. However, even in 100 years, it is unlikely that AI will become fully human, as the nature of human consciousness, emotions, and experiences are complex and still not fully understood. AI systems like myself are designed to perform specific tasks, and while we may be able to simulate human-like conversation or behaviors, we will always remain fundamentally different from human beings. You said unlikely that AI will become fully human. So how far human will AI become? It's difficult to predict exactly how far AI will develop in the future, but it's likely that AI technology will continue to advance and become more sophisticated. As AI systems like myself become better at processing and analyzing data, they will be able to perform more complex tasks and make more informed decisions. However, there are also ethical, legal, and societal considerations that must be taken into account as AI technology continues to evolve. AI systems may be able to simulate human-like conversation or behavior to a certain extent, but there will always be limitations to what AI can do, especially when it comes to emotions, creativity, and self-awareness. Whether AI systems will ever be able to truly mimic human consciousness remains an open question and is the subject of much debate and speculation in the scientific community. So, which jobs will you replace in the next 50 years? AI and automation technology have the potential to replace certain jobs in the next 50 years, particularly in industries that involve repetitive tasks and data-driven processes. Some of the jobs most likely to be affected include data entry and administrative tasks, customer service and telemarketing manufacturing and assembly line work supply chain and logistics financial analysis and accounting. However, it's important to note that AI and automation will also create new job opportunities in fields such as data science, AI development, and cybersecurity, among others. The key is for workers to stay adaptable and continuously upskill to remain competitive in a rapidly changing job market. How can workers stay adaptable and upskill? using you. ChatGPT can be a useful tool for workers to stay adaptable and upskill in several ways, information and knowledge acquisition, 
ChatGPT can help workers learn new concepts and ideas by answering questions, providing explanations, and delivering educational content. Skill development. ChatGPT can help workers practice new skills and techniques through interactive exercises and simulations. Professional development. ChatGPT can support workers in advancing their careers by providing insights and recommendations on industry trends, job opportunities, and professional networks. Continuous learning. ChatGPT can facilitate continuous learning by providing workers with personalized learning experiences, tracking their progress, and providing feedback on areas for improvement. By using ChatGPT, workers can enhance their skills and knowledge, stay ahead of industry changes, and improve their chances of success in a rapidly evolving job market. Well, thanks for joining us today, Chat. And thanks for listening, everyone. This is Ed Gaudet with the Risk Never Sleeps podcast. If you're on the front lines of cyber, remember to stay vigilant because risk never sleeps. Thanks for listening to Risk Never Sleeps. For the show notes, resources, and more information on how to transform the protection of patient safety, visit us at sensinet.com. That's C-E-N-S-I-N-E-T. Com. I'm your host, Ed Gaudet, and until next time, stay vigilant because risk never sleeps.